Welcome to the Juggling Without Balls podcast. My name is Monica Parkin and I am your host. And every week on the show, I'm going to be talking to powerful, successful women who juggle it all. And when I say juggle it all, I mean everything. Kids, health, aging parents, careers, relationships, you name it, we're going to talk about it. So stick around, grab a cup of coffee, pull up a seat and enjoy the show. Hello, jugglers, and welcome to episode six. Today, my guest is Amy Webster. Amy and her husband, Jeff, own Motif Music Studios in Courtney, where Amy is also a music enthusiast and an educator who works alongside a team of inspiring online music teachers. This year with COVID, they've had to do a huge pivot in their business. Not only that, but life has gotten just a little bit more lively with the addition of three little boys in the space of four years. I'm super excited to talk to Amy, and I think you're going to love this episode. So welcome, Amy. I mentioned that your business is Motif Music Studios. You sent me a bio ahead of time, and it mentioned that you were inspired to create this business during a trip. Would you like to tell me about that? Absolutely. Well, thank you, Monica, for having me here today. And yes, one of the exciting things when we started our business was Jeff and I had gone away to Costa Rica. We rested up, we went for a refreshing vacation, and it it inspired us. And we thought, what could we do in our community that would bring joy to other people, that would build community, and that would provide a living for us as well? So that's how Motif got started, was out of a place of rest and inspiration. Okay, so it wasn't like you visited another music studio or something. You just felt like you were in a space mentally where you actually had time to think about ideas and things. Absolutely. Yeah, it just came out of a place of rest. And we had actually focused the whole year previous just on health. And so it just it gave us a great jumping off point. Wonderful. And how long ago was this? Like I said, I know you have a bunch of little children, but I don't know, did Motif start before that or after that? Or when did uh, this inspiration come to you? There's nothing quite like the um, rest that comes from being before having kids. So we always laugh that it never would have happened because we just started in 2010 and that was pre-kids for us. So we transformed our first rental in Tintown in summer months and went from no business to a beautiful business at the heart of Tintown. Nice. And for you, those of you who don't know where Tintown is in Courtney, it's this cute little residential industrial complex, everything sided with this really trendy metal. And I believe there's a living suite upstairs of every building and then commercial down below. And what is your musical background like? And did this start with just you teaching or did you have the idea to hire a bunch of teachers right off the bat? I remember when I was in there, you had a bunch of little classrooms and then a common sitting area kind of thing. Yeah, it actually came out of me having taught on my own for 13 years. My husband, Jeff, teased that it was Gypsy Music Studio because I was always moving from place to place and trying to find a corner to teach that worked well with where I was at as a young adult. And I started actually in my teens. So my music background was varied. I started working alongside teachers here in Courtney And then finally with my teacher in Campbell River, Cindy Taylor and Sandy Havilar, which were incredible mentors for me. And that's so that was my background before. 
Nice. And speaking of gypsy accommodations, you guys can't see this on camera, but both Amy and I are sitting in our walk-in closets. I'm in my closet at my house and she's in her closet at her house because that's the reality of life with small children and pets and, and a busy life is sometimes that's the only space that you can find. So when she logged in and I'm like, you're in your closet. And I'm like, I'm in my closet too. Check this out. So it must have been so amazing for you to have an actual dedicated space to teach. Like how amazing is that? Yeah, it was, it's pretty special. But I think what I love most is we, we built a community around music and nurturing musicians and also nurturing each other as colleagues. So when we first had this idea we had these beautiful teachers, including my own teacher, Cindy Taylor, that said, yeah, we want to come alongside of you guys. We'd love to be part of that community. And that's really what made it what it is and what it was, was people coming together. And I love that it's still happening. We'll get to that later in different ways. Yeah. But the sense of community and encouraging others was part of it from the beginning. And we feel like we've been equally encouraged by the people that we've worked yeah, I definitely believe that your business is well known and loved in the community. There's so many kids in this community that have enjoyed music there. One of the things that that I loved about it as a parent and that my kid loved about it is that it wasn't you're going to learn this and this is your book and you're going to do that. The teacher was like, well, what do you love? What kind of music do you love? What do you want to learn? And it was about bringing out that passion, not just, I want you to memorize this piece. And she was like, well, I've got the song from this video game that I play. I'd like to learn that. And she was like, awesome, let's do it. Let's learn that. Like it was, it was feeling that little spark inside of, of her to like, what's your passion? What's interesting to you? Let's, let's go learn that piece first. And then she'd slowly add in like these other pieces. So it wasn't all just, you know, all the fun stuff. There was some other stuff in there too, but we started with what are you passionate about? And then built on that. And that was what, what I really loved about it and why she wanted to keep going. Cause honestly I had to twist her arm when we first started, she got a keyboard and I was like, Oh, and I got you lessons. And she's like, well, I didn't want lessons, mom. I just wanted the keyboard. And I'm like, well, I'll make you a deal. Do three lessons. And if you hate it, we'll quit. And she was there the whole year, right? So with COVID, some, you know, life changed and we went to a different style of schooling. So, and I'm sure she'll be back in the future. But for a kid that wasn't going to go past three lessons and I, it was a year or two years, she just loved it. She still plays and, and just fantastic teachers that you've got there too. But I love that concept. And I assume that that's something you did intentionally, or do all your teachers have a different way of teaching? That's such a great, a great question, because one of our core values, again, is individuality. So it is intentional that we the statement for that, which we worked alongside human nature development, Liz Wooten on our core nice. values, alongside our whole team. And it says we recognize individual strengths and challenge students to realize their potential. And I think we we view students in the lens of we want to see them um, encouraged with their own strengths, in their own interests. And it obviously brings us so much joy as a teaching team to meet students where they are. And so now you've had to do a little bit of a, a pivot here through COVID, right? You went from having that building in Tintown and all those beautiful classrooms to this massive pivot over to Zoom and online learning. And are you still exclusively Zoom or how is that? How is that? Well, talk about how you did it first, because I know it must have been just a huge, huge undertaking. There's just such a learning curve there. So do you want to share a little bit about that? 
And yeah, absolutely. What an adventure it's been as a whole community. I say adventure and not wanting to be flippant because I know it's been huge for so many. But for me, one of, I think, my strengths in working with Jeff, he's the anchor point, And I definitely have that sparking mind of a visionary and I have very busy brains. So when we saw things about to change, I went down deep tunnels of research. <laughs> deep tunnels, I like that. And thankfully it happened right at spring break. So we had two weeks to essentially reinvent ourselves and go online. But one thing that I loved is we kept thinking, can we transport our core values? Can we make those core values the same in this new model. And we found ways to do that. And so I love that the teachers are still building connection with students. Most of our programs, we'll go into it later, are one-on-one. So it allows for such a customized experience that's so personalized. So we did actually start using a program called Musico. And we love it because it's the way that our students find us online. So it works alongside Zoom. But it meant that we could make the experience of lessons as streamlined as possible for our customers so that we weren't emailing parents one thing and sending them a video to something else like we know families are busy they need things that just happen all in one place yeah and yeah and I've had kids that have done online learning not just this year but in the past and that is my frustration as a parent I know everyone's doing the best they can but when you've got socials here and science here and go to this link and watch this video and then go to this other link and download the information then once you've got this go to this fourth like it just your brain just gonna explode and you get overwhelmed then you shut down you don't even want to start right so finding a way to simplify it is I think genius you know you just if it's all in one spot Yeah, we knew that we really wanted that to be our customer experience for sure was just to see that people could have it in one place, reduce the stressors of a family, and then start to enjoy some of the things about online learning that do reduce stressors. Like I noticed that my students sleep online and they join my waiting room far before their lesson because they're actually there playing their instrument from home instead of traveling and picking up some fast food on the way they're right there at their instrument at home. So I love that. Yeah, yeah, it definitely, it's not musical, but you know, I know my Toastmasters group went to online this year and I thought I would hate it. And I love it because I don't leave half an hour on the drive there, half an hour on the drive back, setting up the chairs, putting everything away. It's just like, oh, it's time to join. And there I am. And we actually have a bit of time to get there early and chat with each other if we want to. It's not this rush to beat traffic. Nothing's quite the same as, you know, in-person interactions when you're speaking, but there's definitely something nice about that for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I wrote a blog post actually called Apples and Oranges and the Modern Music Student. So I thought at first we were comparing the in-person experience to the online experience. But now I'm realizing they're two very completely different experiences. So you can draw out so many benefits to online learning, although we can still love everything about in-person learning too. So I think it's important to look at both and then people choose based on what works really well for their family. Although because we use such an awesome program, I always say to people, try it out. It's pretty cool. And are you getting good feedback from the kids and and parents about the program? We have been so, so 
privilege to work in the community that we do. And now that's not just a localized Comox Valley community, that is an expanded community with students now, our first student from the States even. Well, I guess so, right? Like that, like there's always a silver lining. And I guess the silver lining is that you can actually reach out to a bigger geographic base. For me as a speaker too, all of a sudden I'm speaking in South Africa and Scotland and I'm speaking in places that I would have never traveled to. And it's it's really cool, but I hadn't thought about that, but you're actually probably able to expand your, your base geographically as well. Yeah, that's been a unique silver lining for sure. And one of the things that really struck me was seeing students who never would have had the opportunity to study with a really well-qualified engaging teacher in their location. Some of these are more rural locations. They have internet, but they're not as well serviced with these service providers like awesome yeah. music teachers. So I'm seeing them being so excited to actually get to study with a fantastic teacher. Nice, nice. And how are your, like, what's the feedback from teachers? Are they loving it? Are they hating it? Are they struggling with being at home and all those like these distractions right are they working out of their clock and closet do they have studio in their backyard what's it look like for them yeah you know I have so much grace for that my husband graciously and kind me kindly calls me a reckless optimist <laughs> so I definitely lead with enthusiasm this year has been big for everyone and yeah. our teachers have wholeheartedly adapted everything about their teaching and learn technology. For some of them, it's been inspiring and they're excited because they're seeing these new opportunities and they're seeing the ability to go beyond their localized area. And for others, I think there's going to be a, a balance that they're going to say, oh, I so badly want to, you know, get together and jam with some people. And so I, I like to say that we're all in this climate of everything in our life has changed. So yeah. I can't say it's basically the answer is they're thriving. They're doing good things. I think for some of them, they absolutely love online. And for some, they'll love a mix of both. In the yeah some it's more of a struggle for sure and and I think that sometimes that comes down to our personalities too you know I've got one kid that's like I could just stay home forever I never I could never hug another person I'd be totally cool with that you know and the other one's like how much longer till I can just go hang out with my friends right so we're all in different spaces depending on where we are in our life what do you think about future going forward Will you be maybe having hybrid, like some, in per will you continue with some distance learning for those people that are further away? Or will you go back to just in person? Or have you thought about how this is going to look? Yeah, it will be going into such a different future, I think. So although I can't give a definitive answer, our plan right now is to stay online, nurture the programs and the families that that really works for, encourage the teachers in their professional development and their gaining skills rapidly to really start to enjoy that model. One of the things they notice is they can make the most of their time. So yeah. when they're at home, they're not traveling to and from. They can eat better because they're eating from home more. Yeah. So there, there's definite benefits. So I see us staying online. What about, are you able to get teachers from further away? Like maybe before you were limited to local teachers, but now you can get a teacher from Vancouver with a different experience level or a different type of education? Yeah, that's something that's always been slowed us down a little bit. We've often had wait lists, especially for our piano programs. And we had hired the teachers locally that really aligned with our core values and were looking to work for kind of a community school. So now this is actually very exciting for us because we can suddenly 
engage teachers from wherever. So actually our newest hire, Lindsay, she is living in Quebec. Wow. She is just finishing her master's in music. Ah. So incredible qualifications, awesome enthusiasm, and she loves teaching online. So it's a great fit for us. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, what about the social aspect? You know, you used to have these little, I remember we'd go down to a local coffee shop and the kids would have a little mini concert or they get together and do a little drum workshop. Are you able to find a way to still keep some of the, the social or a way to have these online virtual events or what, how are you working around that? Cause kids always look forward and grandparents, like my mom was always like, tell me when the kids are playing, I want to be there. Right. So is that working? Is it not? Have you put those on hold? What's happening with that? Yeah, this has been kind of a neat thing for us because we actually have kept those happening. We've kept them online. And one thing that's unique to our circumstance versus an online school is that we're one-on-one most of the time. So when we have a workshop that's in person, I find the students are very engaged, very excited to hop online. So for instance, this year, we had a workshop with Andrea Dow. She's a composer from Shawnigan Lake area. She came on and listened to the students play her music. What an amazing opportunity, again, to bring in experience from afar. We did an escape room this year and our drum teacher, Bo Stalker, he has been innovating some really neat workshops surrounding Foley artists and creating sound effects. And one of our goals actually with him and myself was alongside the Conks Valley Arts as well, was to get kids off the screen. So they might join together in a group and then their job is to go out and find sound effects in their house, in their nice. yard and come back. So little, we're working on new things. Little scavenger hunt at home. Yeah. So we talked about the silver lining. We talked about the upsides, the positive. What have the challenges been? Like what have been the things that you've just been like, man, this is a struggle? Yeah, there's always in a new group that talks about the term pain point. And yes, <laughs> pain points. There always is some pain points. I think for me and for Jeff ourselves, the initial pain point was just how much inertia it took, how much stamina and focus it took to transform a, a studio of at that time, 220 students, wow. 12 teachers and transform that into two weeks into being an online school. So that was our initial pain point was just stamina. Yeah. Um, just getting through it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second would be, obviously there was such a loss in uh, staff, not because they didn't want to stay with us, but because of the whole situation globally, many of them had to stay home with their kids mm-hmm. and family. So we actually lost half of our staff and many of our students in that. Yeah. So as a small business, as many local business are feeling, that dropped our clientele drastically. But that being said, we've seen some growth now. We're starting to see the upswing. And so there's lots of hope for growing the programs in new ways. Wonderful. Yeah, there's that light at the end of the tunnel, right? That that place that you're working towards. So that's fabulous. Now, I know, as I mentioned before, that you have three very busy young boys. I often see posts about sleep deprivation and or just trying to get out for an hour and get everyone together in one spot, like herding kittens. I remember what that was like. How do you do this? You're you're running a school. You've got a bunch of teachers. You've got all these students. And then you've got these little 
people too. Like you're literally in your walk-in closet right now doing a podcast. Like who's looking after the kids? <laughs> that is a great question. And to be totally honest, because I, I think it's so important to be very genuine when yeah. we're speaking to others. And especially in this culture where we see people on Instagram and Facebook and we can get this unrealistic look at their lives. And mm-hmm. so to be completely transparent, there's always fallout. If you're busy, you're a leader, you have a family, there's things that are very messy. So so there's it's often ragged around here. There's a lot of love. There's not very much sleep, but it also takes a village. So I'd say Jeff and I have done business together so, so beautifully with such respect for each other's different roles. And we also parent very equally. He is definitely very faithful in working with the kids and I'm often the one that's chatting and doing the the kind of in the forefront stuff and he is just faithful with the kids and with the background stuff that makes things run smoothly and then the other aspect is my mom and dad live on the property so we've got support there too yeah so yeah. it takes a village and it's sometimes ragged those are yeah, I totally agree with that yeah we have a mother-in-law that lives with us and you know when my kids were younger I can't tell you how many times grandparents helped out you know pick kids up at school took them did like even just even sometimes even just a dentist appointment, I just couldn't even do it. And just to, to be able to call on them. And I know a lot of parents don't have that because grandparents live far away or whatever. I know what an absolute gift and a blessing it is. And I'm, I'm so grateful, but I do also remember those, those early years were so hard. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat it, man. I just walked around like a zombie most days, even my, I think my six-year-old didn't even sleep in her own room till she was seven. She slept like on blankets beside my bed. And every night she got up in the middle of the night and then try to crawl into my bed. And then I'd put her back on the floor. And then it was just this never ending cycle of no sleep. And you're just constantly tired. I think at the time I worked two jobs, not by choice, but because we were just so completely broke and that was the only way to survive. And, and I relied heavily on that community of grandparents and aunts and uncles and friends and neighbors. And, and yeah, sometimes it, it really, it does take a village but the good news is that they reach a certain age and now some days I'm like oh my gosh there's three of them home and I can't even hear them like they're all in their own little world doing their own little thing the older one tutors the younger one they're self-sufficient they take turns cooking they do their own laundry I'm like how did this happen like when did this even happen you you helpless little humans turn into super nice adults that are actually pretty capable so all those parents out there there's totally hope for you it will get better 100 percent. but yeah it was super messy i was i actually and literally messy like i would be afraid to have anyone over to my house because there's toys from one end of the house to the other there's dishes stacked in the sink you know the lawn wasn't mowed because there just literally was not enough hours in the day to do those things and it was the choice between feed them and sleep or do all this other stuff and i just chose to you know, hang out with my kids for an hour instead of doing that stuff. But yeah, it's a struggle. Yeah, I think with that, it's it's just definitely letting go of the things that don't matter for eternity, you know, <laughs> like some things in the moment were the same. The, the house might get messy. The other day I took the boys to the park and I was like, you know what? They want their pajama shirt on and I'm just not going to fight it. Like, yeah, yeah. going in public, but it's a soft shirt. And they have sensory needs and let's do it. Let's just go for it. My 13-year-old still sometimes will leave the house unless I let her wear a pajamas. So I'm Absolutely. like, why don't you just get out of the house? You've been in the house for two weeks. Well, can I wear my pajamas? And I'm like, well, 
sure, why not? If that's what you want to do to be comfortable, then sure. And she's also very tactile and sensory. So she needs soft stuff with no seams and no tags. And I'm like, whatever, man, it's COVID. Nobody cares if you're wearing your pajamas, just do it. So yeah, yeah. love that. So my question that followed that was, do you have any advice for other parents struggling with this? And I think you've answered that is that, you know, don't sweat the little stuff really, you know, that sometimes stuff's going to fall between the cracks, but do you have anything you want to add to that or? Yeah. The one thing I would add is something my husband's taught me. I am a definite yes person. I love saying yes. I love being engaged and involved, but he is definitely the wise no person. And I've actually learned a lot from that over the years. So I would say, say no more often. You can change your mind later, but keep narrowing it down. And the other thing would be same with the business, knowing your core values, know your core values as a family and as with your business, because then you can keep comparing things to that. Does it fit? Does it line up? And that's a lesson I'm still learning (laughs) and not always succeeding at, but Me too. And I think a lot of us are guilty of that, especially as moms. We just are not even moms, but you know, you just want to help and you don't want to say no. And I remember Amy Engelmark one time saying, if inside your head, it's like a hard no. And she had her arms out in front of her like an X. If in your head, you're screaming hard no, do not say, well, maybe like just say, no, I can't do it right now because you're going to say yes. Then you're going to be frustrated. Then you're going to be annoyed at that person. You're going to be resentful. Other stuff's going to slide. If it's a hard no in your head, it should be a hard no outside your head. And and that really stuck with me, you know, so I try to remember that now. If in my head I'm screaming no, then, you know, even if it has to be a gentle no, it's still, and it doesn't have to be no forever. It can be just not right now. And, And I'll let you know at a later date if it's something that changes. And definitely, I think to be kind to yourself, because I've been a stay at home parent, I've been the working parent. I'm in the homeschool parent. And in all those roles, I feel like I was felt guilty through them all. Guilty when I was staying home, guilty when I was working, guilty if they weren't going to school, guilty if they were. There's always some judgment around that. And I think to just let it go and go, you know, whatever you're doing, whatever works for your family is is okay. Yeah, yeah. that's beautiful. I think there's a lot relatable about that, right? Yeah. A lot of grace for yourself in in those times that are really hectic for sure. Exactly. So the question I've been asking everyone is, you know, people that that juggle a lot of responsibility that have a lot of different things going on. Sometimes they have something that they delegate or they pay someone to do. They ask for help, whatever that thing is. Do you have something that you're just like, this is just something I've needed to let someone else do, whether it's in your business or your personal life? Yeah, I I love that question. And it makes me smile because that's one thing that when you love doing things and you can learn different skills, you can tend to take it all on. And I think that for both Jeff and I, we did a full decade of not hiring out any extra responsibility. And in that decade, we also had our three boys in four years and two months. So this year, this is another beautiful silver lining is that it brought us to some decision points. So I did, I hired actually pre-COVID, it's such a miracle. And a customer experience assistant was the official. Nice. And Jenny is fantastic. She comes in, she does the things that my brain is not as linear. I've done it for years, but I love the fact that she is so detailed so linear. She checks off so many boxes for me in the inbox twice a week. And it's such a blessing and it takes so much stress off my plate. So hiring, absolutely. And the other thing we've had the benefit of working alongside having a little bit of house cleaning once a week. And that's another 
really helpful thing because always something gives when you're kind of in that too busy zone or you have complex kids or young kids. That's been something that was also like, oh, wow, our house was always the last thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I can relate to both of those. I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everyone. And, you know, if you could go back and talk to 10 year old Amy, 12 year old Amy, you know, you got any advice for her? Is there anything you do differently? Yeah, that's such a great question, too. You know, one thing that my children are actually teaching me is about our own body awareness and our own sensory needs. And I think I was always someone who didn't sleep very long. I refused to sleep as a child. I had this active, active brain. So the one thing I'd go back and tell myself is it's okay to rest. It's okay to learn how to rest and work on making space for rest in your life. I'm really feeling it now. (laughs) And so I think also that that kind of aligns with saying no more often and not doing things just driven by a motor, but really choosing what you say yes to really carefully. So I love that we change as we change whole lives and that's great. We can continue to grow. And so I think resting more and taking time for just enjoyment of little things. That is, that's fabulous advice. And it's almost goes back to that whole, you know, being in the present moment. Because if you're already fast forwarding and, and thinking about the future or you're living in the past, well, this whole moment right now is just gone and you don't get it back. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even recognize myself 20 years ago. I don't know, I, we could introduce each other and they'd be like, who are you, right? So, <laughs> but I would definitely probably give that same advice. So that's fantastic. So this has been a wonderful interview. Is there anything you want to add or would you like to tell people how to find you? I'm going to put that in the show notes. I'm sure there's an Instagram and a website and stuff, but any events coming up, any things that you want to share before we wrap up today? Well, such an honor to chat with you today, Monica. And people can always find us online, motifmusicstudios.com. We're also on Instagram at Motif Music Studios and Facebook. We have a new community group growing on Facebook called Music is for Everyone. So if nice. someone is curious about music learning and they want to learn some tips about great technique or some little mini theory lessons, they can hop in there and just be welcomed into that community as well as our YouTube channel, which is not too advanced right now, but we're just growing it. So if you want to follow Motif Music Studios on YouTube, you can do that too. Okay, wonderful. That's it for this week. To get more information on any of my guests, sponsor an episode, or to book me as a speaker for your next event, please visit jugglingwithoutballs.ca. I'm also always on the lookout for interesting guests who juggle it all, so please feel free to send me your suggestions. Please rate, review, and follow at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's a wrap. See you next week, jugglers.